Lord, we do thank you this morning for your goodness and grace. We thank you for salvation. We thank you for saving our souls and forgiving our sins. We pray, oh God, that you'd meet here with us this morning. Give us instruction from your word. Lord, I pray that you'd help me to teach as I ought to. I pray, God, that you'd help these to hear and understand as they ought to. And I thank you, God, for everything that you do this morning. In Jesus Christ's name we ask it. Amen. Amen. All right, Proverbs chapter 13, we'll start reading in verse number 12. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick, but when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. Whoso despiseth the word shall be destroyed, but he that feareth the commandment shall be rewarded. The law of the wise is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. Good understanding giveth favor, but the way of transgressors is hard. Every prudent man dealeth with knowledge but a fool layeth open his folly. A wicked messenger falleth into mischief, but a faithful ambassador is health. Poverty and shame shall be to him that refuseth instruction, but he that regardeth reproof shall be honored. The desire accomplished is sweet to the soul, but it is abomination to fools to depart from evil. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. All right, back up to verse number verse number 12. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick, but when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. That deferred, that, that means to put it off. I think you will probably either have experienced it or know somebody who has experienced got behind on their bills. Well, if you don't, uh, if you don't hide from the telephone while it's ringing, and uh, you deal with them. Look at this fella wandering around here. If you don't hide, if you don't hide from the from the bill collector and actually do business with them, what they'll do for you is they'll defer your late payments. That means they'll take the one off of this month and put it back there at the end. See, that's what you do though when before you're late. Most of the time, you get with them and tell them you're your problem or whatever the case might be, and they'll take it and they'll put it back here. Well, in this case, this is not a deferred payment. This is a, this is a deferred hope. Now, you remember we preached a couple of weeks ago about the difference between hope and a wish. A wish is, I wish I could, you know, fly like Peter Pan or something like that. That's never going to happen you're never going. You're, you're never going to grow wings. If you did grow wings, you're not going to fly. You don't have thrust or aerodynamics or any of the things that that lend itself to flight. That's that's just a wish. You know, I wish I'm a million dollars. I wish I had a million dollars, but uh, never do any labor. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. So I rob a bank. You'll go to jail. They'll get you. That you're just wishing. See, those are wishes. A hope is something that you do. Uh, it's similar to a wish. It's something that you hope happens in the future, but there's a reasonable expectation that that thing could take place. Our hope is in Jesus Christ, that it's reasonable to expect that he will take care of you. The blessed hope is the return of Christ. We have a reasonable expectation that he is going to return. We base that on his promise to return. So that's the difference between the hope. Some of you do hope that you have better finances in the future. It is a possibility to do that. Nothing that will keep you from, except for Democrats, there's nothing that will keep you from making an extra dollar and, 
making a profit. That's, you know, that's the purpose of the Democrat Party and the leftists around the world is to keep you from making a profit. You get any power of your own, then that threatens their power. But at any rate, hope deferred. You might have a hope of making some money, and then that thing doesn't come to pass. Well, look at the uh, look at the uh, look at the statement. Hope deferred has a it has a it has a result. There's a result when you hope for something and you don't get it, or either the getting of it is prolonged. Then this is what it says: Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. And we live in a grief-stricken, depressed age. There's no question about that. There's no question about it whatsoever. Uh, This generation just wants, 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 wants. And a lot of times we set our expectations up. Most people want entertainment. And they can't get it. They can't get enough of it. Well, Star Trek went off, and it won't be on, on again until next season. What am I going to do until then? Well, rake your yard. <laughs> Amen. There's plenty of stuff to do. There's plenty of stuff to do, uh, except for sit around and wait on somebody to entertain you. Amen. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. Well, I just can't wait till so and so fights again. I. Now, don't make no mistake about it. There's a bunch of folks sitting around this morning, can't eat their breakfast, or maybe they can't even get out of bed because their favorite fighter didn't win, or the, their favorite football team didn't win. And that's what people live for and long for. I want somebody to talk like that. Instead of waiting for some sports figure to go out there and be manly, why don't you go out there and be manly? But People can't wait. Clint Eastwood ain't going to make no more cowboy movies. I just don't know how I'll live. I don't know how we'll live since the Duke ain't around no more. Well, partner, get out there and be a, rope you some cows yourself. Hope. Well, I don't know what we'll do with this epidemic of depression. Get out there and make some of your dreams come true. You make them come true. Amen. Amen. Most people say to their wife, make me my breakfast, make me my dinner, and make all my dreams come true. You're going to have to get up and do something. Amen. You're going to have to participate in life. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. Now look what the second part of the verse said. But when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. Fulfilling things in your life, whatever your dreams are, whatever your goals are, fulfilling those things is a tree of life. Now, that's a direct reference back to the Garden of Eden. The tree of life kept them alive. The Bible says a wicked man won't live out half his days. And let's say, well, I've known many a wicked man lived to be 100 years old. That's not what the verse says. He might have lived 100 years, but he lived 50 of those in his bedroom by himself watching TV or, or listening to the radio or going to rock concerts. That ain't living. That's not living. I went to the movies. I went to this. I went to that. That's not living. Living is building and producing, and everything God has ever done has ever been constructive. You're created in His image. If you're not doing something constructive, you're depressed. Amen. If you are doing something constructive and you fail at it, that can also lead to depression only if you don't do something about it. See, God, we're made in God's image. God is angry with the wicked every day because that's not part of his plan. 
So he done something about it. He died on the cross to cure your wickedness. So the Bible says, who for the joy that was set before him despised the shame. He endured the shame in the cross and that, that produced in him joy. He endured it and it produced joy. He endured it and it produced joy. There is a recipe for, I could throw in, I could use an illustration, but I'd mess up my morning service. I'm going to preach to you this morning out of 1 John chapter 1 about the joy, the full joy of a Christian. There is a way that a Christian can have full joy. If you're dealing with problems, trials, troubles, temptations, hardships, thorn in the flesh like, like Paul, God said His grace is sufficient for you and He has given you a way. He has given you a purpose that if you'll complete those tasks, if you'll, if you will do those things that he's told you to do, you may have hardship, but you'll have full joy. Not many people, Brother Pedro, have full joy. Amen. Amen? Most people's full on crazy. That's true. I've said it a hundred thousand times. Most of us are certifiably crazy. Amen. Bipolar. Amen. You could take anybody and put them in a doctor's office and, and write them a prescription for being bipolar. Anybody. Amen. You just catch them at the right time. Amen. Now they've got commercials on TV telling you to go talk to your doctor and tell them how you feel. They're wanting to write you a prescription for it. Amen. That's because those fellas that run the, the pharmacies are in the senator's pocket and those, those senators go in to uh, into office with about you know maybe seventy thousand dollars to their name and they come out millionaires. It comes from somewhere. It comes from liquor companies keeping them their pockets full so they don't get shut down. How you can jump on a gun when alcohol kills ten times more people than guns? How you can jump on guns and not alcohol is just somebody's lining somebody's pocket somewhere. Amen. Well, let me get back on this. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. If you want to know how to get joy, find something constructive to do and chase after it. When it don't work out, find a different way to do it. A lot of times people beat their head against the wall. They get so disgusted because they just can't, they just can't make a success of it. Well, you've been, do, you've been doing it the same way and failing Time and time again, that ought to be a clue to you. It don't work that way. You got to do it another way. <laughs> Amen. Uh, the old saying is, "People never learn from history." Well, you do something that doesn't work. That that means the process is flawed. Well, sour grapes. I don't want to do this after all. No, keep your desires. Keep your keep your hopes. Just find out the correct way to do it. Amen. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick, but when the desire cometh, it's a tree of life. It'll make life more meanly. It, it, the, the verse gives the, the insinuation that doing things to completion could add years to your life. That's what the tree of life in the garden done. It added years to your life. The Lord said, we got to go in there after the fall. The Lord went in there and said, we got to get them out of the presence of this tree of life because they'll eat it and live forever. Amen. So accomplishment. Look for it. They ought to be a purpose in your life. Amen. Now, just going to throw this out there at you since we're at church. Might as well say one or two spiritual things. Amen. You've got a good purpose in Christ. 
If you'd make it your purpose to witness every day, it, increase you, it, it would uh, increase the quality of your life greatly. Well, I might get out there and get in an argument. It's good for you to get the blood pumping a little bit. Amen? Now, you don't, you don't have to be a jerk, though. You, uh, one, one of the things that would help you a whole lot is to get out there and witness and learn how to have a, a decent argument. I don't mean throwing blows either. Well, you don't believe Jesus died for your sins. I'm about to give you the right cross. No, but that's not the way you do it. You know, a lot of you can't even talk to your wife. You can't talk to your husband without hollering, screaming, fussing. Get out there and witness to somebody. A lot of people are nicer to other people than they are their own family. Have you ever got under conviction for that? Fuss at your wife and then go out and be nice to somebody else you don't even know? Man, you don't not worried one bit about uh, abusing a spouse or verbally. I, I'm talking about abusing a spouse or or uh, talking bad to them, hurting their feelings. You wouldn't dare offend a stranger. You don't know them. They're not going home with you. <laughs> well, they might talk bad about me around town. That's what they did to Jesus. So there's a, there's lots of purposes, lots of hope. I hope people get saved. Amen. Uh, hope folks, more folks start coming to Sunday school. And if you'd have been here Wednesday night or last Sunday night, you'd have hoped some folks would come sit on the right side of the church. Amen. Is that true? I had to recruit folks from this side to sit over here because all these folks were gone. Amen. But at any rate, I know some of you was on the trip and different things, sick and stuff like that. But uh, I like to preach to people much better. <laughs> Amen. Much better than pews. But at any rate, hope deferred maketh the heart sick. Amen. That, that's true for preachers. You uh, get, in the, get in the church and pray and walk around the pews and pray for the people. God help them. God help them. And God bless them. And just go on like that for a while and then come service time, nobody shows up. Well, that's... I was hoping they'd be here. Sometimes you hope folks be here. I hope old so-and-so's here this week. I'm going to really tell him what it's all about. Don't show up. <sighs> Can be discouraging, but you can't let those things be personal if you're preaching. Amen? Just do the will of the Lord, and the Lord will give you that joy. Amen? So he says down in verse 19, verse 19 goes with verse number 12, the desire accomplished is sweet to the soul. Now notice what these things are talking about. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. The desire accomplished is sweet to the soul. So whenever you're talking about your heart, your heart of hearts, you're talking about your soul. Down there where the feeling is. Your spirit, your spirit to me is more of your intellect. Your spirit make good decisions. Your soul just goes by how it feels most of the time. Matter of fact, your spirit probably made up all those things you want to do so bad. This would be productive for me. This would be profitable for me. This would be right for me. This would be the will of God for me. And then when you don't come to those things, it's your soul that gets involved. Man, we wasted our time, didn't we? See how that works? He said, when the Spirit, verse number 19, the desire accomplished is sweet to the soul. So if you're going to have some, some peace down in your soul, you're going to have to get some better hopes up in your spirit. 
Amen. There's going to have to be more of a spiritual life. See, people have this carnal. See, that's fleshly. That's things that affect the flesh. They have these carnal ideas, and because those things never fulfill, they never satisfy their soul. Some entire cultures are just geared towards the soul. Man, we've got to have soul, and you can't dance because you ain't got no soul. No, I can't dance because I don't waste my time doing stupid things. Amen? <laughs> Amen? No, no, nothing fulfilling about dancing. Just make you tired. Do, I can do five jumping jacks and be, feel just the same way. Amen? Well, look, look here. You, got, you start living a spiritual life and start doing spiritual things, and then that joy you're looking for comes into play. Because it's coming from the right place. The way of the transgressor is hard. Transgression comes from your flesh, connected to your soul. You get your spiritual life straight and that will seep into your soul. But it takes discipline of the flesh, see. The flesh wants all this stuff. Stuff, stuff, stuff. stuff. The lust of the flesh. Amen. The pride of life. Those things just depress your soul. Because those hopes don't come to pass. I'm going to chase this Knock out blonde, and when I make her mine, everything is going to be right. Didn't work out, did it? Not the way the world goes about it. Amen? The desire accomplished is sweet to the soul. Now, the desire of the wicked man, he can get what he wants, and it don't give him nothing but heartaches and troubles. The way of the transgressor is hard. That's, we just read that in verse 15. Amen. So we covered three verses right there in one swipe. Verse number 13. Verse 13 and 14. We cover these in one swipe, I believe. Whoso despiseth the word shall be destroyed. If I as you, I'd love the word of God. I mean, you said, Brother Mike, should I be an extremist? Why not? The world is full of extremists. You got extreme leftists, and D.C.'s full of them. Most of them Republicans. <laughs> Amen. I don't believe there's no difference between them. Uh, but at any rate, y'all forgive me if I start making a few more political uh, political statements than I have in the past. Not that I've been totally silent on it for the last 10 years, but I don't know whether you know about it. People are saying one of these days we might come to a war in America. We already in a war in America. And, and for the most part, I'm thinking that the right side is going to lose because the wrong side, not to say the left side, but the wrong side is in your high schools and in your elementary schools and in your colleges, even here in little southeast Georgia, where everybody is a Republican and everybody, even the Democrats vote conservative around here. They're not teaching that way in the college. They're trying to make little liberal clones. So... I, the only way, I, the only thing I can think is back in the 1600s and the 1500s and the 1700s and the 1400s, the war for right was won from the pulpit. So if they're wrong, I'm just going to tell them they're wrong. Amen. Amen. So, well, the government come shut you down now because I ain't taking nobody's side. I'm taking God's side. Bunch of devils up there. Amen. Amen. Well, what's the problem? They don't love the word. Amen. They don't love God's Word. Those people you're voting for, they don't love God's Word for nothing. They'll tell you they're Christian. They ain't Christians. Now listen, I'll tell you this. I think, I don't know his heart 100%. I don't know everything about him. But I'll tell you this. 
uh, I like Donald Trump. I like what he's doing. But uh, I never heard him say one thing about the Lord or being saved till he started running for office. I take everything a politician says about the Lord with a grain of salt. I just, I just don't put no confidence in him. Because when it comes to that, hey, you know, we're not electing pastors up there. Amen. Would be good if they were all King James Bible believing right wing extremists. That'd be good for me. But that's not what we're really, I mean, it'd be best for most of them just to go home. Amen. I don't mean to be, listen, I would to God that he would give them jobs that paid three times more than what they got now. But I think all these people that are laid off from the government right now ought to go find new jobs and take about 10,000 more of them with them. Did you know that the the last time I heard anything about this statistic, I don't know what it is. I don't know what the statistic is now. And it's been 10 years ago when I heard the last time. But 10 years ago, I heard that almost 50% of the population of the United States was employed by the government. Now, if that's true, that's ridiculous. The government of we the people. So some of them don't need to be working for the government. I think some of them, some people might work for the government or for government contractors. I feel sorry about that. I really do. But the government don't need that many employees. It'd be best of all if the only person employed by the government was the elected officials. They don't need pages and 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 you know, secret maybe one secretary, one one senator got thirty five hundred employees, and no, you don't need all that. You don't need all that. And I, I don't know how I got on this. I think you still ought to be able to walk into the president's office and chew him out. When this country first started, any citizen had the right to go right into where they was at and deal with them because you elected them, put them there. Anyway, I'll give you another installment of that next week, maybe. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick, but when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. Now, whoso despiseth the word shall be destroyed. These people hate God's word. Many of them do that are in government. They're going to be destroyed. They, I, we don't need to have terrorist activity. We don't need to have none of that stuff. God's going to deal with those folks one of these days. Now, they're doing... They're doing uh, just how the Bible said it was going to be done. They're going in the, the direction that God said they would go in the end days, but they're not going to prosper. The best thing I can recommend for you is to get a Bible and learn to love it. Remember how when you didn't like liver, your mama said you better learn to love it. I never did learn to love it. I was disobedient to my dear little mother, but I didn't mean to be. I just My tongue wouldn't get in cooperation with me when it come to liver. Amen. Sorry about it. If you like it, you can have my share. Amen. But I just tell you what, I, I don't care too much for it. But that's what they would tell you. You're going to sit there till you learn to love it. And that what well, some people read the Bible, they just it's not that they're, you know, trying to be reprobates. They want to read it. It's just so boring and they can't enter it. You need to sit there and and uh, prevail like Jacob did with the angel. Wrestle with him all night if, if you got to. Sit down and read it. Make yourself read it. Uh, eventually you'll stumble over something in there to where 
It'll either interest you or God will challenge your heart, whatever the case is. What you're doing, say, well, I don't think we ought to read the Bible if we don't like it. Then what about discipline? They made us stand on the parade deck for 45 minutes, and I'll tell you the first two or three times we've done that, we didn't care nothing for it. And I wouldn't say that we learned to love it, but after three months, we just done it. Amen? It looked around, hey, we've been here for 45 minutes. Yeah, big deal. We've done this 300 times already. Amen? So at least it wasn't, a, it wasn't a mental struggle for us to do it. And some of it's just a mental struggle. I don't like to study. I don't like to read. Well, quit being ignorant and read your Bible. Learn something. Amen? Out of all the courses in life, mathematics and, and geometry, geometry is mathematics, I suppose, but uh, history and uh, geography and all this stuff they want you to learn, the Bible's the very best subject. And do you the very most good. Amen? Whoso, you say, how's that keep you from being destroyed? Whoso despiseth the word shall be destroyed. He that feareth the commandment shall be rewarded. Well, fear, so I don't think we ought to serve out of fear. I do because I don't think we're morally good enough to serve otherwise. You know what I've been paying attention to? Uh, Sister Heidi gave a testimony about trying to read more Bible I've actually been speeding through the New Testament pretty fast this time myself. And one of the things that I'm picking out as I go through this time is the fact that Paul keeps telling us to do things and he keeps reminding us to do things that most Christians act like they just do by nature. And you don't do them by nature. If you've done them by nature, like flee fornication, why would you have to tell a Christian who loves God that? Because you're a weak man. You're a weak woman. You're, weak. you're not morally good. You might be a free moral agent, but you're a free morally corrupt. Amen? That's, a, that's just all there is to it. I, I know you can be trained. I know you can be disciplined. I do not believe in total depravity. If you need a verse for that, the uh, evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. So you can't be totally depraved all the way on the bottom and get worse and worse. You can't get worse than the bottom. Well, theoretically, we're not talking theoretically. We're talking about buy a bucket and try to get below the bottom of it. It's not going to happen. Amen? Evil men and seducers wax worse and worse. Amen? So you're not totally depraved, but you ain't good either. They're none good, no, not one. Well, the Bible says a good man. No, that's just training, see. You got that from somebody else. Your mama made you do that. Mama made you do that. And most of it was, how did mama make you do that? Did she say, please, please do it, young man? No, she, now, a girl that might work with a girl, but don't work with no boy. Did y'all know that girls are better than boys at discipline, at being disciplined? I've come to that conclusion. <laughs> Ladies are better than men at being disciplined. Men are hard-headed numbskulls. Rebellious tyrants. Amen. That's true. That's true. You fellas ain't no good. You ought to, you ought to and to get across to you, it's fear. No man drives slow for safety. He drives slow because he don't want to get a ticket. If it wasn't for tickets, he'd go 100 miles an hour. Everywhere he went. 
If you don't believe it, drive with Brother Spike. Amen. He goes 100 miles an hour while he's hunting. Brother Tommy totals pickup trucks while he's hunting. Never heard of that in my whole entire life. Amen. You taught me something new. You can total a vehicle hunting, hunting in the woods. But at any rate, men, they're motivated by fear. Amen. That's how your mama taught you. Is that true or false? He that feareth the commandment shall be rewarded. Lord, back you into a place, discipline you, put the fear of God in you, and then give you a reward for it, like you've done it. <coughs> Ain't that something? Amen. Whoso despiseth the word shall be destroyed, but he that feareth the commandment shall be rewarded. The law of the wise is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. Now, I got a question for those who would say, we don't need no hard preaching. We don't need no naming sin. We don't, we, all we need is the Holy Spirit to... No, no, no. The law of the wise is a fountain of youth to depart. The law of the wise. See, I want you to pay attention to this. It doesn't say the law of the Lord. It says the law of the wise. And I would say this, the law of the wise is based on the law of the Lord. But you know what the law of the wise is? It's experience. And I'm not talking about just any experience. I'm talking about it's the, it, it would be the result of uh, something like the book of Ecclesiastes, which is not a very, it's not a very spiritual book, but it's, a, it's the best you can get physically. I tried this and it was vanity. I tried this and it was vanity. I tried this and it was vanity. Vanity of vanity, saith the preacher. And what you get at the end, what Solomon had at the end of his experiment of all that stuff he was talking about in the book of Ecclesiastes, what he had at the end was experience. And that's why, that's why in the New Testament, Paul tells, you, uh, Paul tells you not to forsake the tradition of your elders. Well, as far as the Bible's concerned, we don't go by tradition, we go by the Word of God. So what's he talking about, not forsake the tradition of your elders? Well, if your mom and daddy grew up, and if you, if you was growing up and your mom and daddy said, clean your plate, it was probably based on something like, you ain't always going to have a whole plate to clean. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. If, they was, if, if you were growing up and your mom and daddy said, don't let the dishes stay in the sink all night, it's probably not based on any great human cleanliness. It's probably based on the fact that they lived in a time when they saw people dying of stuff like dirty pots caused. Camp fever, they called it in the military. See, stuff is based on experience, and it's a, it's a law because if you don't do it, this is going to turn out. Amen? So we're talking about experience. He says, the law of the wise is a fountain of life. If a preacher stands up and says, we ought not spend a bunch of time watching them old uh, demon movies and stuff like that, probably based on some sound experience somewhere. They say a woman ought to dress modest. and uh, Well, the Bible doesn't say exactly what kind of clothes a woman ought to wear. Well, we know that ain't modest, what you are wearing. Amen. See, folks come to church, and I've seen this myself. Folks come to church, and and everything looks churchy, 
And you see them down at the grocery store and, you know, wearing yogurt pants. And that's just, that's a different look. That ought not to be. That ought not to be. You say, why? Because that ain't modest. How do you know? I can tell. <laughs> Amen? And I think a lot of folks know it too. You didn't wear that. See, I, I, sometimes you got to say stuff, and I don't mean nothing. I don't care how big you are, how little. That stuff don't matter to me. But I'll tell you this. You take a woman that's overweight, and she's as modest as she can be. When she gets down to 125 pounds after her super diet plan, then you see her down at the mall in yoga pants, and, and there's something going on there that ought not to be. And the law of the wise says either a divorce is about to happen or some craziness like that, and it ought to be avoided by being modest. You're going to lose your testimony, and it ought to be avoided. That's the law of the wise. Amen? The Bible just tells you to be modest. Amen? And you ought to live by that. And if you, don't, if you, if you can't live by that, then you ought to live by the wise experience and counsel of those that have gone before you. You say, I don't, I, it all ought to be Bible. Well, the Bible says in the New Testament to a woman, it says, if your husband won't be won by the word, you ought to have a godly and a chaste conversation so they'd be won by watching you live. Law of the wise. Amen. Well, when I grow up, I ain't treating my kids like this. Well, your kids ain't going to turn out like you if you do turn out disciplined. Something's wrong in your mind or you wouldn't think that way. Amen. I remember when I, I remember when I was a boy, I said, I ain't getting my kids no weapon. I mean, we got whoopings almost every day, whether we needed it or not. <laughs> if we did need it, I promise you that. Uh, when I look back, I don't think we got too many whoopings undeserved. Maybe a Maybe a few, because sometimes she just whoop us to make sure she got the right one. I said I'd done it. Well, I don't believe you. <laughs> it's pretty bad when you tell as many lies where you admit guilt and they don't believe you. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But I'll tell you this, you know, I thought to myself, well, when I grow up, I ain't whooping my kids. But boy, when you get the kids and realize what they're up against, it's a different story, ain't it? Amen. I don't think you ought to abuse them. I don't think you ought to whoop them every day. I don't think you ought to whoop them every time. But I think you ought to whoop them if they need a whooping. Amen. 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 I like to sit down and explain things to my kids. If they don't get that, if they don't understand that, I find that a whooping has always helped them understand. Amen. Amen. But I can say this, sitting down and explaining them has saved a whole lot of that whooping and stuff. As far as the girls are concerned, the boy, he ain't got no sense because he's a boy. (laughs) Men learn differently, don't they? The law of the wise is a fountain of life. See, hope, hope deferred maketh the heart sick, but when the desire cometh, it's a tree of life. The law of the wise is a fountain of life. So we've got two ways of living longer and living better right there. Amen. Love God's Word and set your heart to things and accomplish it. If you fail, find a different way to accomplishment. But that accomplishment and that discipline in the Word of God going to help you. Good understanding giveth favor. You study a thing till you understand it, then you get favor. 
What does the Bible say about men like Joseph and men like Daniel? When they went before the evil kings that they were uh, in bondage under, and they, the, the people of those nations saw that they had understanding, they, were, they had favor. Yeah. The Bible says that Jesus Christ grew in favor with God and men. How did he do that? Well, he had understanding, even from his youth. Amen? Surely I don't have that much time left. We got a little time left. All right. The law of the wise is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. Good understanding giveth favor, but the way of transgressors is hard. Well, just ask yourself, which one do you want, favor or hardship? I've, I've talked about verse 15 so many times. Let's just move on. Verse 16, every prudent man dealeth with knowledge, but a fool layeth open his folly. That's a, pretty, that's, a pretty, uh, that's a pretty straightforward verse right there. Every prudent man dealeth with knowledge. So when you hear somebody say, well, I just feel like you could, uh, I would go ahead and hear the matter because if you answer it before you hear it, <laughs> it's not a wise thing. So go ahead and hear what they're saying. But things based on feelings usually don't turn out right because we feel bad about the uh, about the wrong things most of the time. Amen? We like food that will kill us. We don't like things that are good for us. That's just, you can just say that that's generally true across all manners of, of life. The wise stuff, eh, takes too much discipline to do that. Right? Oh, doing the holy stuff, well, there's, you know, that's, there's not a lot of fun for the flesh in that. Yeah, but the part that comes after that, good conscience and all that stuff, <laughs> that, that's the good part, amen? Every prudent man, I think some people would rather have one day of fun or two hours of fun or whatever and deal with the bad conscience the next day than to just forego the folly and have a good conscience the next day. Right. That's because... There's none good. No, not one. We've already talked about that today. Every prudent man dealeth with knowledge. So if you want to go about life and be known as prudent, sensible, thoughtful, those are things that go with prudence. If you want to be thought that way, then deal with knowledge instead of feelings. I don't feel like it. Well, if it's right, do it anyway. Amen? Or I do feel like it. Well, if it's wrong, don't do it even if you feel like it. We all feel like doing what there hath no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. We're all tempted to do the things of this life that we shouldn't do. But prudence, thoughtfulness will keep you from it. I admitted a fault to you a couple weeks ago. I oftentimes don't think about, don't have the person, don't deal with things according to knowledge. That's what that verse is talking about. Just deal with the feeling and then get forgiveness later. That's not the way we should live our lives. Verse 18, poverty and shame shall be to him that refuseth instruction. That goes back to verse 14. The law of the wise is a fountain of life. You ought to listen to older folks. This is is the generation that's discarding older folks. Well, they can't run a 25-mile marathon like me. Who said you should be running a marathon? I see, yeah, that's where we're headed. You know, I go to the gym every day. And I'm not saying that you can go to the gym. Matter of fact, we got some elderly folks in this church that go to the gym. Nothing wrong with keeping fit and stuff like that. But I'm telling you, this generation that's come up right now has more devotion to the gym than the last generation had to the church. Yeah. 
I'm going to run my first marathon today. You're wasting your time. Hey, there's a Japanese doctor that they was talking about all this modern fitness craze. And he said, well, your heart's only got so many beats in it. Why would you want to rush the matter? (laughs) You got to do this cardio. Got to get your heart rate up. That's more beats, man. I'm not, I'm not for being couch potatoes and stuff like that, but the Bible says bodily exercise profiteth little. That's the Word of God on it. Amen. So, well, how could I just be in the best shape I could be in? Work hard. Yeah. You, there's a place in your Bible called Genesis. If you'll go in there, he said that man would live, man would live. Is that not what we're talking about, exercise? We exercise to live, right? Man shall live by the sweat of his brow. You want to stay alive, keep sweating. You said, Brother Mike, you told us about your old great aunt and great uncle who lived up to be 98 and 100 years old. How did they live? They planted tobacco and planted corn and, and, and done that until they just couldn't hardly walk no more. By that time, they were 85 years old. They survived the next 10, 12 years just off of surplus. Amen. So who says you who says you need to run a marathon? He's in really good shape. He's running a marathon. Heart attack victim. Hey, man, that cute man. I, uh, I I run every once in a while myself. Go out and run a mile, run run two miles, or walk walk three or four. Walking's good for you. I really tell you, walking's real good for you. But then I heard about all these joggers having heart attacks and, you know, marathon runners keeling over. And then they got to have a knee replacement by the time they're 35 years old. No, thank you. No, thank you. Amen. Every prudent man dealeth with knowledge, but a fool layeth open his folly. We could say a lot of things about that, but I want to move on. A wicked messenger falleth into mischief, but a faithful ambassador is health. Now, just we could apply that to Second Corinthians chapter fifteen. A faithful ambassador is health. It would be health to the church. We're ambassadors for Christ, right? A faithful ambassador is health. You say, well, that's an unhealthy church. I wonder how it got that way. Unfaithful ambassadors. A, fa- a church doesn't fail because it doesn't have enough programs. I'm still looking for programs in the Bible. Uh, like, uh, I can't remember which preacher said it, but most churches fail of staff infection. <laughs> Got all this, you know, staff members and stuff like that, secretaries and all this stuff. Well, that may or may not be true, but I, will, I do know what brings bad health. It's an unfaithful ambassador. Yeah. Amen. No matter how many people you have working or doing whatever, it's being done ought to be faithful to the gospel. Amen. I could say that I've fallen short in that. Couldn't you? <laughs> a wicked messenger falleth into mischief. And so what the, uh, this verse actually defines for us, uh, one form of wickedness. A, a wicked messenger is a person that's not delivering the message. I got sidetracked. Got off and done something I wasn't supposed to be doing. I was on my way to deliver the message, but then I saw that big old sign up there that had that juicy cheeseburger on, and I got in there and got distracted. 
I was on my way to deliver the message, but I ran into one of my old friends and we talked for 45 minutes. Well, that wasn't what you were sent to do. You were sent to deliver a message. Have you ever got distracted from serving the Lord by a friend? Got to fellowshipping with a friend? Run into an old friend and we just, we started fishing again or we started doing what we used to do again. We started running around together like we used to do and pretty soon you're an unfaithful messenger. Amen? And the Bible describes that as wicked. When you're supposed to be doing one thing and you're doing something else, that's one of the definitions of wicked. A wicked messenger falleth into mischief. That means instead of what he should be doing. But a faithful ambassador is health. You could be an ambassador for the church. You could be an ambassador for your family. You know, there's many a child that ruined the family's good name. If they had a good name. <laughs> Amen. The Bible says a good name's more to be had than riches and fine gold and big bank accounts and all this stuff. Well, when you send out little children, they're ambassadors for you, for your name, for your family. Represent you well. Some, some children are not good ambassadors. Wicked messenger, fall into mischief. <clears throat> Verse 18, poverty and shame shall be to him that refuseth instruction. Again, that goes back to verse number 14, the law of the wise, a fountain of life. You're not going to re receive instruction. It's not going to turn out good for you. If you're not going to be told what to do by those who have the experience, like preachers who say, you can't tell me what to do. Okay, do it yourself, but look how it's going to turn out. He that regardeth reproof shall be honored. He that regardeth reproof. Don't do that. Do it the right way. Amen. You ought to listen to those things. Well, you ought to be nicer when you say do it that way. Okay. You might have a point there. But why would you plunge in to total destruction because of the tone of my voice? <laughs> Amen. Well, I would listen to what that preacher says, but he's mean. Okay. That, may, that might be true. That might be true. And I don't know if it's a product of your generation. I don't know what it is. But I know, I know partly what it is. I know why disciplinarians are usually a little more rough than these sissy, lacy, droid fellas you run into today. It's because you've, you wanted to be bad. You've taken the time to discipline yourself. You've taken the time to go the right way. You've had people fuss at you and holler at you. Then you turn around and see the next generation coming up, and they're disregarding everything you've stood for in your life. It ought to make you mad. If you don't get mad about it, I don't think you know man. Amen. Well, the church only fought through about a couple of thousand years now trying to do right. You're going to come along and say you can do it a different way or a better way? Not if you can't find it in the book, you ain't going to do it no better way. Not around here, you get fussed at. Well, I think I can. I think I can just. I think I can just live the, for the Lord the way I feel like living for the Lord. No, not not, uh, not not around here. You can't. You get fussed at around here. You say why? Because we've been doing it the Bible way all these years. You ain't going to come in and change it. Amen. All three of us are going to stay with God's way. Amen. I don't know how many there'll be left after after the end of this thing, but. Ain't no use in turning back. I mean, done spent, the church has done spent 2,000 years dedicated to doing things the Bible way. Amen. <coughs> I don't care how good you can sing or 
what kind of production you can put on with the charismatics, you're not going to change this. Amen. Amen. Poverty and shame shall be to him that refuseth instruction, but he that regardeth reproof shall be honored. We already covered verse 19. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise. So you've got to get it from the last generation. You've got to get it from other, other people. I can do things my own way. You can't do it. There, are, there is no independence in the church. I think we could probably spend a whole class on that alone. We're independent Baptists here, and I don't think we ought to be. There is no independence in the church. No man liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. We'll cover that a little bit next week. But a companion of fools shall be destroyed, says the last part of verse number 20. Okay, congratulations on surviving that hack job. Lord, we do thank you, God, for your goodness. Sometimes the Word of God is very difficult and very direct. But these things, God, I think that have been covered over these last several verses are the things that plague men the most. Our own heart's desires, our own way. We, we want our desires, but we want to get the result that it took the last generation, a lifetime of hard work. We want to get it by ease or by vanity. As the, as the verse, I believe it was verse 10 said, wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished. And we want to get our living by vanity while we're in our 20s. And it took the last generation a lifetime of hard work to have just a little bit of extra while they's in their 60s and 70s. And Lord, we just got a, a whole nation of grief-stricken, depressed folks because of that. And I pray you'd help us with these things. Well, then on the other hand, God, we've got, we've got sports figures that are making fools of themselves, and there's 10,000 young men willing to follow that example. Help us with that. I pray, oh God, that you'd help us in our, our country situation with these politicians, God, that are, are, are wholly committed to the damnation and destruction of the heritage of this nation. And Lord, a lot of the church and a lot of the moderation and a lot of the modesty and a lot of the, uh, a lot of the holiness is already gone out of our church and out of our nation. But God, I pray you'd help us to get revival and get it back. I pray, oh God, that you'd lead us and guide us. And I thank you for all that you do. Help us, God, to not just let this Sunday school lesson pass us by, but help us to think on these things and apply these things. And God, it means only the joy of our soul. I pray you'd help us to recognize it. In Jesus' name I ask it. Amen. All right. Take a little break.